Support for Starting Small comes from Human Scale, the leading designer and manufacturer of high-performance ergonomic products that help create a healthier work life. All of the products from chairs to standing desk and more are comfortable, easy to use, and sustainable, and great for either the office or the work from home environment. With an increase in shifting workplaces, comfort can be especially hard to find. As I run the podcast, I'm in front of my desk for hours a day, from scheduling, researching, interviewing, and more. Human Scale allows me to remain productive without the consequence of body stress to follow. Make sure to check out Human Scale at humanscale.com and use code STARTINGSMALL at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. That's code STARTINGSMALL at humanscale.com and enjoy the episode. Hello and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by Drew Witted, founder of Wagon Water, an on-the-go water solution for pets. Drew explains, just like humans, pets have a desire for clean water as well. Whether you're walking through an airport, a park, on the beach, a pull and peel water bowl may be the perfect solution for your pet. Within just a year of being in business, Drew has locked in major retail partnership deals, such as Target, Camping World, and 7-Eleven. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Drew Witted of Wagon Water. Drew, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me, Cam. Appreciate it. Of course. So I want to start out with your upbringing. So where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? Um, that's a loaded question, man. I'll yeah. keep ESPN highlights for you, but um, <laughs> I'm actually here right now where I grew up. I just moved back here um, in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, I've been living in Chicago the last 15 years, but I just brought my wagon water business back here on Christmas Eve. I actually had a U-Haul full of stuff. Um, so I grew up here. Um, I'm sitting next to my mom. I, I had a single mom when I grew up and, and couple uh, sisters and a brother with really no dad in the picture. So we had, um, we moved around a couple of times and um, I guess wasn't gifted the best, you know, childhood ever in the world, but we had a lot of love and that got us through everything. And I've always been a really hungry kid since, since, you know, kind of having that upbringing. So I've always been a go-getter, played sports, played basketball through high school and even into college. Um, I went to uh, a small school once I got out of high school um, and played basketball for a couple of years. And once I figured out I wasn't going to the NBA, <laughs> I, uh, made a, a pivot there and, um, went to Eastern Illinois mm-hmm. where I basically almost finished up at, and almost everyone I know thinks I graduated, but I didn't, <laughs> um, I had about five or six credits short and I just didn't find anything I liked throughout my whole experience in college. Cause they weren't really teaching what I knew I wanted to be at my heart, which was an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, didn't have classes really. And, um, so I remember just my last like semester there going to my counselor and I was like, I don't know what to major. And I was like, I guess general studies, you know, like yeah. at that point I just liked being an athlete and I liked, you know, being educated. I just, um, in my heart and my gut, I just kind of want to do my own thing, quote unquote, but they didn't really have that uh, written up. So I just left and, um, yeah, went and got a job right out of school with a fortune 500 company at CDW. Um, I think I had to, you know, I don't even think they asked for my, uh, I was just really nervous about trying to get a job because I didn't have those last few credits. Yeah. I don't think they asked for my diploma or anything. And I somehow got a start at, at that job. Um, and then immediately after being in that for two years, that, that kind of gave me, Hey, Harley, sorry, i got dogs here, guys. No worries. Um, hence my company, the dog company. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, you know, once I was in the professional world, it gave me a good backbone of learning sales and learning how to run up, you know, how businesses are ran and operating. And then, um, after a couple of years out of college and doing that, I just, my gut was itching at me to do my own thing. And I didn't know what that meant, but, um, uh, 
I just started like kind of following it and I took a chance on some music stuff with some guys just kind of managing some some music artists and it was really just my first freedom of just like seeing what it would be like to like you know do my own thing control my own destiny for sure uh once I had that taste you know it was kind of all I needed to start doing that for my whole life and then I got into much more there but I'll let you you know I'll kind of pause here and and what was the other question there yeah so kind of following up with your schooling um what kind of led you to stop after just having five credits left not to put you on the spot but I'm, I'm very curious right you know i don't know man it was just a lot of stress because i had you know with my upbringing i was kind of managing myself my whole life like through college i didn't have like the guidance and the person telling me what to do and what not to do and make decisions and yes yeah. so i was kind of just always just working at my gut of what to do and letting it tell me what to do and i saw my friends you know basically i was i, was, I felt like i was there too long and not doing anything that i liked you know what i mean and, and i don't yeah. know when the right time in life is to pull a plug when you're doing something you don't like, but I just, you know, and, and you're right. I look back and I'm like, man, I was so damn close. And had I had to use that degree, I would have really regretted it. You know, to be honest with you, if I would have went to get that job at CDW and they would have been like, Hey man, I need to see your degree. I am like, crap, like why'd I do that? But it got me yeah. through the, the, the brief period I needed to kind of have my degree, you know, until I yeah, started sure. doing my own thing. Um, but yeah, it was a pretty, uh, you know, I was, but you know, at that age when you're going through college, man, you don't make the best decisions as I'm sure, you know, like, most people yeah. know out there. So it's like, you know, I was just kind of like, you know, I was like, let me get to a big city. Let me find a good job that I can start with. And then I can start focusing on what I want to do. Cause I don't know. And it's not this, you know what I mean? hundred percent. So you went on to start your first company, which I saw, is it Fenny in 2014? Correct. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's a, a cashew made from a cashew fruit. Do you know what a cashew fruit is? I don't No. You know what a cashew nut is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, gonna blow your mind but cashew nuts grow from a cashew fruit okay um, they don't grow in the usa they only grow in brazil and india and very tropical regions but um mm -hmm. this spirit called fenny f-e-n-i is made from a cashew fruit and it's been around in india for hundreds of years kind of what tequila is to mexico fenny is to, mm -hmm. to india there um so they've been making it a long time and yeah my friend bj and i we've just been really good colleagues and buddies our whole life with the same kind of outlook on entrepreneurship we uh, were both hungry and getting out of our last thing that we were both doing and looking for something to do. We would have done anything. If you were like, Drew, make some bed sheets or make, you know, a cup, yeah. cup you know, and run with it. We were like, cool, let's do it. We were just so eager to work together that some lady was like, hey, you know, we know you guys are doing this, this coconut water, which he was doing. They're like, you know, this liquor in India is very cool. Go check it out. Uh, we Googled it, looked it up online and it was all legit enough to where we booked a trip like a month later and we were in the middle of India and, uh, you know, figuring it all out, watching how it's made and, and being made and, and then once we saw there that every bar, you know, had this fenny there, we're like, well, it has some tradition. It has legs. It's made from a fruit. It's not like someone's making in their backyard, you know, with yeah. whatever. So we're like, let's bring this to the U.S. And, you know, very naive about how difficult it was to bring, like I just told you, you know, what's a cashew yeah. fruit? Almost everyone in America doesn't know what the hell cashew fruit is. <laughs> so I had that, you know, it's basically like every time you're telling someone about it, it's the first time they've ever heard of it. So like, For sure. You know, when it's the first time you've only heard of it, like, are you going to remember it and buy it when you see, you know, there's so many layers to like building that long term. Yeah. And there's so many dollars that go into that where you can start something a lot easier, you know, when you don't have to do all that. So as cool as it was and much of a traditional thing it was, it, w it wasn't our ticket to where we want to go, which some people are maybe passionate about Fenny and just want to start it because that's their thing and their passion. This was just more of like, you know, our you know uh, a ticket to the to the next step kind of and, and so we didn't have enough it just didn't have enough juice in it for us got it so from here you continued on moving into the beverage industry uh with creating minute mixology and the rose spritz was this with the same co-founder then 
Correct. Yeah, we just really good buddies. Uh, BJ just again both kind of alpha male athletes. He played college uh, football. I played college basketball. I was a point guard. He was a quarterback. We just have really good synergy. Hey guys, and um, and so we we and once we were in it together, we have investors that we brought on, right? So like my friend, yeah. my family, my mom invested in our first Fenny, and like once we had some friends and family invested, we didn't like just like throw that one away and leave. We actually kind of kept everyone on board and just pivoted. So yeah. we pivoted naturally to this cocktail mixer because really. The liquor I was selling, every time we would uh, serve it to someone, we would have to make it in a cocktail. So I was making like margaritas and Moscow mules just with Fenny. Um, So over time, and we would use fresh lemons and fresh, really fresh ingredients because our liquor wasn't honestly the best. Um, So the more fresher stuff, the better it tasted, honestly. So from years of making this and, 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 and serving these cocktails to people, we realized they really liked fresh, good cocktails quickly, but they didn't know how to make them at home. Um, they would be like, well, how do I go, you know, I have to buy ginger and this and do this. Like, I don't want to do all that. So that's when we kind of pivoted naturally to doing this cocktail mix. We're like, let's make a, a quick cocktail mix so that people can make at home easy. And it's all whole foods approved ingredients. You know, and it's very easy. So yeah. we called them in technology. It was just a, a, a little dive off of this liquor that we were doing. And that gave us a bigger platform. You know, our first year we probably did 300,000 sales. You know, we had a lot of campers and tailgaters and kind of, you know, airline, airline, just travel industry. You know, when you don't have space and weight and you want to make a cocktail, campers loved it. You know, yeah. um, it was a cool little niche product, but um, we also found ourselves doing that and, and with bigger aspirations and, and seeing that that had a ceiling that, you know, the cocktail mixer industry isn't the coolest thing in the world. And nothing against it, but <laughs> my friends aren't running to get margarita mix. They're running to get like White Claws and Trulies. You know what I mean? So yeah. That whole platform was good enough to keep our, our the chains moving and keep this, the ship sailing, and we go all in. So you know, I don't have background with financial people behind me to like you know cushions and things like that. Once For we're sure. in, we're in. You got to pivot quickly and keep moving, keep you know keep the boat ship sailing. Absolutely. So that gave us a, a bigger platform, and now we had more um, you know a little bit more time in the industry to learn things. And so now, the, the spritz was really. Now, hey, our feeder in this industry, we know what we're doing now. Now let's do something what we want to do, given everything we've learned. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was the first one where we had enough time. We didn't have to pivot very quickly. We could really think about this for a month or two and plan it out a little bit better because we were getting revenue and it wasn't such a quick thing. So that was a little bit more planned and you know, looking at some data and just doing it a little bit better our third time around um, and picking a product that actually has, you know, is more on the rise, you know. And so, yeah, that kind of got us to where – you know, and I'm currently still um, a major, you know, the, the second major partner with my partner BJ there, but only because of how fast this wagon water just recently took off, I had to step away from my daily role, which was, you know, everything that people do for companies. So, for sure. Uh, so, were you guys selling 100% through e-commerce, or where were you selling at the time? Um, for which product were you meant, um, speaking? Yeah, of? yeah. So, uh, Minute Mixology, and you also have the Rose Spritz. Um, right. Both of these brands, are, are you guys selling through e-commerce or where are you um, and are you currently? Those, yeah, both of them, we, we do dabble, but uh, we do have e-commerce for both those brands. The Minute Mixology one was more of, we had a lot of specialty. We also had it through Kahi, like a, a national, you know, grocery distributor who distributes yeah. to a grocery store. So okay. we were selling it in big, you know, Meyer, big grocery store. So we would have to have a distributor for that. We did do a lot of direct business. So um, because it's just pow- basically a stick kind of stick packet powder kind of thing, we were able to, you know, ship direct a lot of times. So we had sometimes distributors, sometimes direct. And then also online. Yeah, we actually kind of were a little bit earlier than our time for that minute mixology. That was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, just recently during the pandemic, when people are at home trying to make their own cocktails, um, you know, it's a much more applicable, applicable uh, I can't even talk. It's much more of a better product for that situation kind of now with, with some of the things that have changed and people just making stuff at home a lot more. But um, for sure. 
but yeah, um, we have to go direct online, read, uh, you know, and, and through distribution. And the rosé spritz is totally through dist- distribution and online. Okay. Um, when you deal with liquor, the other ones, you know, the the the, the, the cocktail mixer was non-alcoholic. So that okay. one I can ship to anyone and everyone, no issues at all. But when you deal with alcohol, you definitely need distributors for the most part. So for that one, we have distributors all over the U.S., uh, Miller Coors and, and Independence and, and just uh, Budweiser and some of those. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode so far around Drew's entrepreneurial journey. I'd like to pause and say thank you to this episode's mid-break sponsor, Medify Air, offering top-of-the-line air purifiers for indoor environments. Whether you're working in an office or in a home, the quality of your air is crucial to work to full efficiency. Have your indoor air free of dust, pollen, mold, and odors by clicking the link in this description and use code STARTINGSMALL15 to save $15 off your first purifier purchase. And enjoy the rest of the episode. Moving on to Wagon Water from here then. Such a young company that blew up so quickly. So you started this in July 2020. What inspired you? Or what inspired the concept of the on-the-go water bowls for pets? Um, it was totally out of necessity. I have my dog right here, which you can't see, but he's a six-pound chihuahua, and I'm a 37-year-old entrepreneur that I just told you my background. So for the past 10 years, I just live on the road. I live try to try to find this this dream I'm chasing here that we all chase. Yeah. And um, so I just have my dog that I travel with. He goes with me everywhere. I have a, a support letter that I go on planes with him with. So we're always on the go together. And I have my collapsible bowl, which I 100% prefer. And I, I'm a very eco-forward thinking person, but many times I've just forgotten that or I don't have it on me. And I've been in cars and Ubers and all kinds of places where I've had to either stop at a gas station or stop at a restaurant like a Subway, buy a bottle of water and then ask them for something to pour it in. Um, yeah. Dogs drink out of bowls. So I just, over and over, this was happening to me all the time. And, and um, you know, I saw it, I would be very observant and seeing other people dealing with the same thing. And I just realized like this, this, there's something here, you know, and, and I'm the type of, I guess everyone wants to feel like they are, but the innovator entrepreneur, when, you know, you just really feel like there's a future for it and you really feel it deep in your gut. And that just would not leave me once I, once I first thought of it, Yeah, um, it was just, it was just, it wouldn't leave me at all. And then once COVID hit, I had time to, um, to, to, I was traveling so much that I just, all of a sudden that stopped and I had time at home to really, uh, had extra time. And so I'm yeah. like putting water in a bowl to me was like in my head after I'd already done a liquor, a cocktail mixer and, and, and a spritzer and I've worked with co-packers and all these other people and ingredients and stuff. I'm like, dude, putting water in a bowl can't be that hard. You know what I mean? Like I'm thinking <laughs> in my head. So I'm like, I got to do this. You know what I mean? Like I got to do it. I'm, I did a classic moment where you Google it as an entrepreneur and you're like, dude, there's gotta be something out there and there's nothing out there. You're like, you're like, wait, what? Like, yeah. I'm just thinking, cause I have my own pet and I know how picky he is, how many things I buy him and you know, pet parents, there's so many things out there. There's pet shoes, there's bones, there's food, there's toys, there's, there's pooch paper, a new one, you know, there's For uh, sure. selfies there. You name it. I'm sure you watch shark tank. There's just so many different pet products out there, but the yeah. only thing they need every single day without dying is like water and food. Right. <laughs> and there's not, and I'm thinking like, okay, there's not one, I would have used it 20 times. You know what I mean? Like there was even a side story. I was, I was late to an air, uh, a flight, on um, New York, and I'm going there. And if anyone's been in New York late to a flight, there's not really time to pull off the road and go into a gas station that easily. You're crammed, <laughs> yeah. packed. You can't really make that veer off if you're late. And my dog is only six pounds. So when he's thirsty, man, he's sitting there for an hour and he's panting. He hadn't had water for a while at this point. And I'm like, I have nothing to do. I'm like, my Uber driver had a bottle of water. I'm like, dude, can I buy that off you? And I just gave him like five bucks and he gave it to me. I was sitting there pouring it in the cap, you know, because wow. dogs, you can't yeah. just splash like, in their face and squeeze it out of a water bottle. So yeah. I was taking it, pouring it into a cap in these little sips, and my dog was drinking it out of the cap just to kind of quench his thirst. And yeah. I'm like, how is there nothing I can just pour, peel open and just give him some water? You know what I mean? Like bottled water for, for sure. dogs. 
So uh, once I had that moment and did the Google research and saw like there's no one doing this and I, I, you know, again, having time at home, I'm like, I have to do this. And once I took it upon me, it really took me less than three months to get my first um, and it, you know, I'll kind of, if you want to hear more about that, it's some kind of cool things how we got it started, but it, it, it happened really quickly. And I, and I give credit to my experience kind of doing it a few times for sure, but then it also being water in a bowl, you know, it's not, yeah, I yeah. call cope, you know, all these different things. So. <laughs> I would love to hear your prototyping process when you, when you first came up with the idea. So what did that look like? Oh man, you should have seen. <laughs> and, and when the deal I closed with target, you know, I'm sitting there in my kitchen, like, and he's like, Drew, I'm going to give you this deal. And I'm acting like I'm not, you know literally crap my pants right there. And I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. And he's like, but I'm going to ask you this question. He's like, can you handle my volume? And literally I'm making it in my sink back here. I'm like, yeah, classic sales guy. You tell him yes. And you figure it out in the back end. You know what I mean? <laughs> so anyways, yeah, what I was doing first, man. So, you know, when anyone starts a business, the first thing you got to do is how am I going to make this? How am I going to produce this? Where am I going to do that easily? You know? And mm-hmm. the first thing I had to do was, was go to a co-packer, right? Like, so I go in my head, I'm like, okay, how am I going to put water in, in a deli bowl? And so I'm thinking, well, who else puts fluids and liquids in deli bowls, right? Like, then I had to start thinking like yogurt, like uh, salsas, dips, hummuses. So I started with that process. I'm like, let me go to the, cause, cause the bottled water re- uh, guys, they don't, they have machines that put it really fast into like a small, small hole. You know what I mean? That top hole on the bottle is where they put it at. So it's a totally different yeah. machine than putting it in a very wide mouth thing. So I couldn't go to any water, you know, um, people that make the water. And bottled water manufacturers, I couldn't really do that. So I had to find out who's making it. So anyways, I found out, you know, all these other people that are doing liquid type things and this type of container. And I call them all up. Co-packers. I'm just Googling them, finding them, calling them. I'm like, hey. And really, after talking to about 20 of them, here was the consensus. Drew, we can't run your product on our machine because we run hummuses and dips and jellies and this. And these are much thicker things. And with your water and on our machines and the speed these machines go at, when your you know, water is going around, it's going to start wobbling and going all over the thing. And when I have to heat seal it, you know, yeah. it'll be very hard because it's all wet. So basically I would have to slow down their machines so much that it would be very costly for me to be a production run on their machines. That's kind of the overwhelming response I got. Yeah, so I'm, like, interesting. I'm like, well, that makes sense. I'm like, well, why the hell I'm not going to like pay these guys to run my water anyways. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> I got to figure this out. Yeah. So I started backtracking from there and immediately went and like tried to just to find like, okay, I got the water, I got the power. Like, let me just find out how to seal this. You know what I mean? Like, and I, and I found a company that's very reputable and good and they do Kraft and Heinz and Procter and Gamble products, but they basically have a starter type product where it's less than a thousand bucks. And what it does is it allows me to take my water, put it in a bowl. And then I put it in this little machine, set it in there and I put a little over foil lid over the top and I stamp it down with a heat stamp and it allows me to create a single water at a time. Okay. Um, and that's how I started the business. That's how I had, you know, I had an idea. I looked it up online that no one was doing it. I took a little bit of time to get some branding and some logos and some, you know, trademarks and stuff behind it. And then I went and backtracked, you know, obviously this was all in a con- conjunction with each other, but found out how to co-pack it, couldn't co-pack it, found out how to seal it to start it just to see if it was viable. You know, every yeah. product out there just needs to get something in prototype just, just to see if like, you know, it's even viable. And you know, that was a very early on thing, but then, then the hunger, once I got it and got that first one and clamped it shut and looked at it, I'm like, Oh man, I'm like, this is the ticket right here, man. I'm like, this is it. You know, and I know entrepreneurs yeah. love that feeling of having that first prototype of their first vision of what they think they can do with it, you know, for sure. So, so, that's, well, so today, are, are you still running the production rounds yourself? Um, so now, um, fast forward and, and that was only a few months ago. Cause again, this happened so quick. Cause, because basically right when I first had that, that machine, again, I'm referring to right now, I had my first prototype. The first thing I did once I realized I had a product that could work was I called, you know, I'm getting on and saying, let's call a sale, you know, let's call all the big retailers. 
Yeah. So one of my first calls, I started looking at Meyer, Walmart, hitting them all up. Hey, I got this bottle of water for pets, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, you know, it's blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm pitching it to them and they're all receptive of it, which I'm kind of like in awe with because I'm like, usually anything else I've sold for the first day or week, you know, you're usually just like, what, what the hell is this? No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but, but immediately just like, again, and that's why I did it is because the concept of a clean water in a bowl, I would have used it a million times myself. I would have bought it. So yeah. when I introduced it to folks, it kind of had that same, like, if you have a pet, you're like, okay, I see what this is. I see what they're doing. So I, got, I raised a lot of eyebrows. And then my very first call, one of my very first calls was with Target. I remember emailing the guy and I was like, he's emailing me back. He's asking me questions so I can tell he's interested. And he's like, all right, let's do a Zoom. I'm like, perfect. Boom. And I got on the Zoom with him and it was a 40, 40 minute call, you know, 30, 40 minute call that we ended up having. And he couldn't, he's like, Drew, I don't have any rebuttals for this. He's like, I've been doing this position 12 years. He's like, I'm the senior buyer here. And, uh, I was telling them, I'm like, dude, you open my product in front of any dog in America and it, and it drinks it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I bought my dog so many different treats and bones where I put it in front of him. He's not going to, he doesn't use it. Yes. Yeah. So as a pet owner, when you have a product that gets used, you know what I mean? Like for everyone universally, it's hard to be like, no, there's no upside to that. You know what I mean? So he took a big risk on me. Um, but he said on that call, you know, I mentioned it a few minutes ago, but he's like, Drew, you know, on the call, he told me. So I had to sit there and, and play poker face. Like I wasn't freaking the hell out but he's like yeah. drew I'm, I'm okay I, I like what i see here man i really think you got something special here i want to build it with you he's like i'm gonna put you in a lot of stores he's like we got to get our pack size together he's like i only have about two weeks left he's like can you work with me on that wow i didn't even have a pack size yet i didn't have my six pack 12 pack i hadn't done any of that i was yeah. kind of your classic sales guy selling it like i was right i was like <laughs> yeah i got all this so he's like all right we have two weeks this was like in you know september ish you know august september ish he's like we have two weeks me and him went back and forth. I had to like even give him my pricing before I even knew what it was going to be because I hadn't even built it back. <laughs> so he's like, give me your pricing. Give me all this. They set me up as a partner. Of this, and I'm flying through in my head. I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, now I got now I got to really do this. You know what I mean? Like now I got 1,200 Target stores. Yeah. So he asked me three times on the call, Drew, I know you're just putting water in a, in a bowl, but can you handle my volume? He's like, people think they can handle Target's volume, but can you handle my volume? I was like, and that when I told him yes, I looked him in the eye and Zoom. You know, oh, man. Uh, I was like, I couldn't renege on that, you know? And so I immediately had to figure out my production, For sure. which brings me to where I'm at now, you know? And, um, I'll kind of explain that if you want me to. Yeah. Um, before production, when you got this deal, did you have to acquire any funding? Like did, did this require an up payment in production or did they come in? Uh, did you invoice them first or what did that look like? Well, yeah, once I got the way that it works with these retailers and products is once you, you know, in a big retailer, they give you enough time. So when they tell you they're going to be in there, you're actually not going to be in there for another like four months, right? On their next yeah. set, you know, their next reset that comes up. So once he told me I was going to be in 1200 stores for the next whole season right here, and they're also in for the long run because they don't really bring in a product that's never had any sales. I had no sales, nothing. I had nothing, I had no relationships with this guy. I had nothing in the pet industry. It's not like it was like Greenies doing a new SKU that was brand new. This is a brand yeah. new category, no sales, no SKUs, 1,200 target stores. I'm like, okay, now I have to really get things in order, right? So yeah. when I got the word that he was going to do it, it's then more of a process of getting everything set up now to be able to handle when that does go live. So when he told me about it, it was around October, you know, September. And he's like, in the next month, they were launching digitally. So I, I shipped my first PO to Target in, in October. That's how quick I had to get crap together. So okay. I, yeah, that included funding too. You know, I've raised, you know, a little over $150,000 total to date right now. Because okay. what happened there was when he told me I was going to be in all the stores, I had to come into crossroads with myself. And even though, even though it was only a few months, a couple months into the business, I had to say, okay, if you're really going to do this, you got to invest in it and do it right. You know, if you yeah. believe in this business, you got to do it right. So I had to, I invest in this machine that I have behind me here and, and my new 
4,500 square, square foot warehouse I'm in right now that has a dock here. I have my machine, which is an $80,000 machine from the same one that Kraft and Heinz and people use to seal up their mustards and their cups and their things. So I have, I basically had to like kind of get everything in, in line to be able to support my whole next year here of now having this new category and target. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had to really put the backbone in place so that we can really operate here with ease and with confidence with our new partners. So that's what I did. And then, and you know, when I got the word from them around the September timeframe, it was a quick two, three months, quick. It was the longest two, three months of my life actually of funding, you know, getting uh, my machine that I had to again, learn and find, make sure it was good enough to buy and then buy it, execute that all my materials I had to buy, you know what I mean? And, and, mm -hmm. and do that. So I really had to immediately day by day, get to work quickly to again, keep my word to that guy that I'm not going to like miss any of his orders. And those orders came yeah. quick and they came fast and they came big. And, um, you know, I was on the shelf in, in uh, January 1st. Actually, they, they did it earlier. So it was like the last week of December. I was, you know, first they do the digital launch because that was easier for them to do. And then my set started basically in December. So, you know, from being on a sales call in, in, in July to not having a pack size going into the August, September and doing all this, getting the machine, getting a warehouse and doing everything. I mean, it was day by day, a lot of big decisions that had to be made quickly to support, you know, what we're trying to build here. So. For sure. So with your setup that you have today, how long do you think, or how long would you say that it takes to, I mean, th through the day, how, what does production look like? How many now, can now, you make? Now I'm doing about 20 cups per minute and I can run the machine okay. 24 hours a day. So what I have now is when I do a production run, I have big, big reason I brought it back here to Indiana was my family all lives here. I have nephews that are 14, 15 years old. Perfect. We all grew up the same way with nothing kind of from the bottom. So for me to come back here and the first person I hired was my mom. Yeah. You know, she never had like a big job or anything. And I came back here with something I just started, brought it back to where we grew up at. And the first people I hired was my mom and my two nephews. So when I do production runs now, I, I need two people to do it with me because the machine runs on its own. But when it's dropping out a cup and then the next station, it pours in water and seals it and then it comes out on a, on, a, on a conveyor belt. So I have to have now when that happens I, to run the machine for a few hours, I need people there boxing it, people there taping it, people putting it on pallets. So that's my two nephews that I do and I run the machine. And now I basically have the capacity to, you know, a lot of other uh, companies and every other company I've been with, when I do a production run, I have to plan it months at a time. I have to do it, give the you know, co-packer a lot of money. I have yeah. to get ingredients and source a lot of things. With my product and my company, I now have a food grade facility with everything under one roof where I can run my production line anytime I want, all the time I want, consistently. You know what I mean? It's all under my control. Not That's a lot amazing. of companies have that. If you're a brewery, you know, or if you're a, when you control everything, especially being as new as I am now, yeah. like that was another thing that's really under, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> I, just basically, it's just an understatement of how hard it was really is, you know, I became now, I didn't just start a company in the product. Like I then also brought everything under one roof. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. my own production facility. I ship it, I pack it, I receive everything. So I do everything. I just started a whole new category and everything in house that I control. So it's like, there was a lot of moving parts to bring it all together to, to, to not like hiccup out on the outside of it, you know, and, and, show, For sure. and, and mess up. Being such a young company, if you were approached by a potential customer, how would you convince them that Wagon Water is a smart purchase for their pets? Um, well, so I'm not looking to exactly convince everyone. What I will say is there's a big market for my product. Um, yeah. just, just this week, I just shipped out thousands of waters to Texas for their disaster relief. And that's Amazing. a big reason I started this company because of disasters and emergencies. I'm the only emergency bold water that you can peel up and give a pet anytime, anywhere. Yeah. Um, I partnered with Greater Good, who is the biggest organization for pet relief and, and, and the biggest, largest pet food bank in America. And they're absolutely thrilled about our product because I'm sitting, you know, there's tons of um, counties right now in Texas that still don't have regular power or their plumbing's messed up. They don't have clean water in their house right now. 
So in conjunction with them, we're getting 3,000 people, clean water, stray dogs, emergencies. Um, but separate from that, the people that are going to use my product are people that are on the go, people that are convenient type people. If you're a person that drinks bottled water when you're on the go, you're probably a type of person that might get something like this for your pet. Yeah. Um, it's really just a total convenience item. So the people that are going to see value in mine are campers, hikers, um, people that are going on boats. Um, if you're on some salt water on a beach and you're – pet wants clean water, you know, and sometimes even in your boat or on the beach, you don't have something with salt or sand on it, you know, so peeling open a water for them is useful. Um, there's a lot of scenarios. If you're on a long road trip, you know, with COVID here too, it really escalated the consumer interest in wagon water. So, mm -hmm. you know, with COVID, but pre COVID, I would go to the dog park and everyone's sharing the dog bowl, you know, right. Everyone's yeah. down there slurping out of it. But these days with what just happened the last year and a half, people are much more conscious about dogs having their own, you know, sanitary stuff for their dogs that they care about. So, my consumer is that person, but you know, that brings me up a good time to touch on where we're headed as a company in here and what our mission is. My I mission is to provide water for pets in, a, in its entirety. So if you come to me and, and you don't drink my bottled water for pets because you want to use your collapsible bowl, that's actually something that, you know, that we provide and we're going to be the company, the go-to company for. Um, we just acquired the, the trademark for the name Bold, B-O-W-L apostrophe B. Wow. And that's already been part of all of our lingo. If you look on our website, it's bold wagon water, right? Because it's not bottled, it's bold. Yeah. Our whole bold concept, we're already selling the at home, you know, so if you want your at home, you know, uh, stainless steel, or if you want your eco-friendly travel collapsible bowl, that's something that we sell and that retailers with us are in conjunction. So even Target and some of our big retailers, we're bringing more awareness to the bold category because pets drink out of bowls. So we have a CBD water that we're doing, same delivery, peel open drink, right? Just CBD. Yeah. There's so there's, we're kind of um, you know we started off with our knockdown product with this wagon water, but you know things that come out of bowls and, and liquids for pets here will be something that we continue to focus on, and also providing them with you know just solutions overall to keep them hydrated. So collapsible bowls at home and on the go. Amazing. I like to conclude each episode with this. If you could share one piece of advice with an aspiring entrepreneur, what would that be? Maybe something you've learned or regret? Just anything. Um, I would say, um, and then maybe it sounds cliche, but you got to really follow your gut, like as much as you can, even when anything on the outside is telling you otherwise. Um, only reason I'm here right now is because I've continued to not listen to one person and I don't really have a lot of people in my life or mentors. And that's probably helped me continue to listen to myself because I didn't have a mentor or someone trying to tell me what to do. And that's the only reason I got here is because I listened to my gut. You know, I've, I've been our whole life, man, we've been on food stamps and on and, and poor, and I don't have a coach or a mentor or anyone that's ever said, Hey, do this, do that, do this. So I only did listen to my gut. And by only listening to your gut, we're all meant to do something. It's all in us somewhere. And if you just keep listening, 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 even when you're in the toughest times, you're broke, you're staying at a friend's house, you hit the bottom, you hit the bottom again, you hit the bottom again. You just got to keep listening, you know, and, and my life goal was to do what I'm doing now. I had dreams when I was a kid that I'd be doing what I'm doing right now. I didn't know how it happened, but I just listened, you know what I'm saying? And I think yeah. it's unappreciated just just listening. There's there's a lot of people that will give advice out there, but listen to your heart and, and your soul and whatever wake wakes you up and, and itches you to do is, is what's something that's telling you what you should be doing. So that's my advice. Amazing. Drew, thank you so much for joining me. And to the listeners out there, make sure to check out Wagon Water at wagonwater.com. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Cam. Great job. I really love what you're doing, man. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.